Welcome to the Watch and Learn Show, where we talk about life lessons we learn from movies new and old, and we have a bit of fun along the way. And now, here's the host, Sky and Dusty. Hey, hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky, and I'm joined by my brother, Dusty. Dusty, I have a question for you. <gasps> have you ever experienced the phantom poop? <laughs> is that where it disappears? Like, it's like, where'd it go? Not really disappears, but you go poo, and then you wipe your butt, and there's nothing on the paper. <laughs> oh, uh, probably, yes. <laughs> but that's that's a rather interesting way to start yep, the show. I had one of those earlier this morning. Yeah, it was very nice. Congratulations. It's crazy when it happens. Congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really happy for you. Um, oh, thank you. Speaking of bathroom, I want to ask, and it, this will lead into the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Are you do you consider yourself being frugal? Yes, totally. Are you? Yes. I, I I know I am very frugal and I think obviously, you know, we get it from, you know, we didn't, growing up, we didn't have a lot of money and stuff, and which is good because we just don't waste money. But um, I'm frugal for things or with things that are consumables. So have you ever heard of the safety razor? No. So I have it right here. I want to show it to you. So everybody watching this on YouTube, this is the safety razor. And I've seen it before, never knew what it was called. Yeah. So as I'm, I'm showing it you, so you take off the top, unscrew it. And then it comes apart. So it's it's made out of like stainless steel or something. But um, there's a blade that goes inside there. So you can see the blade right there. And you can change these out. Now, what's great is these it shaves really, really well. I love shaving with it. Um, and the great thing is, so you're going to spend maybe, if you go to Walmart, I bought this one off of Walmart. It's really, I mean, it's heavy. It's heavy duty, really solid. And I think I bought it for like 20 bucks. Uh, but the blades themselves, like I'll literally own this one forever. And I can even pass it down to the kids, obviously. But um, it's, it's so qu- high quality. It's not going to rust anything. It's like the stainless steel. But the, each blade is like 20 cents. And you can shave like, I want to say at least five, six times with each blade. You can flip it over two. So for 20 cents, instead of like, I usually buy the blue like Bix, like the, the really, really expensive. They're like, I want to say like 80 cents each, you know, once you buy it. Um but I figured, hey, let me try to get it. So I try to get it as cheap as possible. So for everybody watching on YouTube, you're going to see the safety razor. I suggest using this. I don't shave a whole ton, but I do get like on my cheeks and underneath my, my uh, in my neck. I want to, sh- you know, shave that up. So to, for, for you, a tip for you, if you want to um, be frugal, get something like this. It's 20 cents for a blade. I bought like a pack of 100. So literally the rest of my life, I will never need to buy another razor blade or anything like that again. Cool beans. Why is it called a safety blade? Uh, safety razor. I don't really know. Or razor. But yeah, so I mean, it glides pretty well. I have cut myself. It's more easier to cut yourself. <laughs> well, no. So it was yeah, obviously being safety, but it's it's safety because it's a razor blade, but you can't cut yourself too deep. You know, every time you're going to cut or you're going to shave, you might cut yourself a little bit. I have cut myself like once or twice where it's like a little bit of blood coming out because I didn't know the angle very well. But um I love it, and it and it cuts very very well. But I'm frugal too, so it saves me a ton of money. You're giving it a ring endorsement. I the am safety blade, and you've cut yourself with it. Well, I just love it. <laughs> I see the uh, what's the the um, ironicness that it's called the safety razor, and you can also cut yourself. But yeah. hey, that's just the thing. I mean, it's a razor blade. You're you're literally using a razor blade as opposed yeah. to the little thin strips. I so, got gotcha. you. Um, uh, it, it's better than one of those, you know, cutthroat knives that are just one big long blade that you could literally yeah. just just slice uh-huh. yourself open. 
But yeah. Um, so yeah, I just I just thought of it. I was shaving this morning. I was like, I got to tell Sky about this. This thing's yeah. pretty cool. Oh, nice. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I still go with the cheap. Uh, I get Target brand the cheapest razors they got there. Because I basically only shave this area of my uh, uh, my neck, and then this area here. This stuff gets you know trimmed when I cut my hair and stuff. Yeah. So anyway, enough about bathroom grooming and whatnot, right? Let's get to the movie we watched, Groundhog Day. And Dust, I can already guess probably what your grade is, but why don't you tell the audience what you feel or how you feel about this movie? So we've been thinking about other movies to to review and everything. We have a le- list of ones that we just love. And I saw, I was like on, on Instagram and I saw a sponsored ad for Jeep and I saw Bill Murray in it. I was like, what in the world? So I watched it. I literally watched it. And it was a like part two, like a one minute part two of Groundhog Day where he's driving a Jeep. The commercial was brilliant. I absolutely, Bill Murray's amazing. He did a fantastic job. The commercial was really, really fun. And it brought me back to think, I want to review Groundhog Day. That's an amazing, amazing story, but also so hilarious. Bill Murray's brilliant in it. And so I sent it over to you and I said, hey, let's go ahead and do Groundhog Day because it's such a great movie. So I I remember watching this a long time ago and just was enamored at how amazingly arrogant and egotistical Bill Murray is and then transforms throughout the entire movie, learning and growing, wants to kill himself in the middle of it because it's so horrible at the very end. He changes to where he realizes helping people, being more of a service, being being a good person is so much better than not. And so this whole process, the storytelling, the um, the comedic aspect, like Bill Murray is just so amazing when it comes to being, I guess, um, uh, uh, quick witted and, you know, um, improving and everything like that, that it's just it's brilliant. And the way he delivers everything is so funny. I am I absolutely give this an A plus because I can watch this over and over and over again. It's a great story with great acting. How about you? Yeah, I feel not as strongly as you do about it, but I really did enjoy the movie from the first time we saw it back in what movie? This was a 1993 movie, quite a while ago, right? But really good story, like you said, great acting. Love Andy McDowell. Um, You know, on top of Bill Murray, like you said, everybody loves Bill Murray. But Andy McDowell, Chris Elliott as well, the rest of the cast, Ned Ryerson, you know, Stephen Tobolowsky. Everyone made it such a great, fun movie. Uh, I give it an A myself. I can't, it's not endlessly rewatchable for me. Like I might be able to watch it once every 10 years years or so. And actually rewatching it this time, I nodded off during kind of the mm, one third of the way into the movie, you know, but then once it gets to when like he's really depressed and that whole time, um, and then once it picks up towards the end, like I was just really into it. So I, I still give it an A, even though I did not off at one time in it. You did not off. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't remember a time that I would be able to not off because I mean the story is really fun and it 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 progresses very well in my opinion. But yeah, um, the uh, there's so many one liners. So like just like Ghostbusters and how Bill Murray delivers them. It's just hilarious. And but what is great is after you watch the entire movie, what it comes out is in the very end. And you might be thinking, okay. The end goal is to sleep with the girl, like like have sex with the girl at the very end. But no, it turns out that he literally at the very, very end and spoiler alert, if you've ever seen it, you know, back 10 years, 20 years ago. um, So what happens is he doesn't actually sleep with her at the very end. He just falls asleep and then they wake up together and then it's the next day. And so basically the whole premise is if you haven't seen it, he wakes up having the same day 
over and over and over and over again, like literally over and over again. In the middle, he tries to kill himself because it's like it never stops. Nothing is pleasing him. He realizes everything else is just meaningless. Everything that he tries to do for himself is meaningless. So everything for other people actually starts to gratify and be self-gratification where he's just helping people. And so that's the end point is that after everything's over, it wasn't that he was trying to sleep with her, which that he was, but he realized that's not the goal. The goal should be helping other people, making other people's lives better. So that's why, I mean, that's another huge reason why this story is so fun, but it, it helps you as you're watching it to understand that all those other things are just pointless and meaningless. And that's what he realizes, the character of Phil. He realizes that everything else is meaningless unless it's actually turned into where I'm a better person helping other people. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point right there for sure. He grew throughout the movie. Like oftentimes, you know, movies, you, you see a character grow from, you know, going from A to B kind of a thing, but he absolutely grew. You see the arrogant jerk, like you said, at the very beginning of the movie, he was the kind of guy that you would never want to hang out with. You wouldn't want to work with. You saw that newscaster in the beginning of the show or the movie. She absolutely just didn't respect him at all. She was laughing at him because he had to go there, uh, go, go to Punxsutawney, but probably because he was just such a, a jerk about everything else, right? And then so he changed along the way, started caring for other people. I really like the scene where he actually uh, befriended the old, you know, homeless guy. I don't know if he was, but potentially homeless guy taking care of him. And it, it was just his time to die, no matter what he did. And we didn't get to see. But I imagine like he probably helped him out for like weeks, like 30 days, 40 days, kept trying different things to bring that guy to to keep him alive one extra day. And nothing seemed to work, you know. Yeah, definitely. And uh, just seeing how. Fragile life can be, you know, somebody literally dying, somebody he just walked past every day and then realizing at the very end, because what's what's neat, he would walk past him every day over and over, doing the same thing over and over again. But then one time, a long time after he's done it so many times, he realizes, man, that he's dead now. Like, how did that happen? You know, and I've walked past him so many times and then now putting effort into trying to make sure he stays alive. And he's like, no, I, I like I can actually do it. Um, you know, help him to stay alive. Like if I start sooner. Um, yeah. So from the beginning, you see Bill Murray's character, Phil, be very arrogant. And you see him being like the uh, weatherman. It was a cable six Pittsburgh or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, being the really, really arrogant guy calling people names like his co or the, the lady that's also on the news calling her like hairdo and you know, calling her names and just basically looking down on everybody. And he is I don't know if he's actually like this in person. But he pulls it off so amazing in just about any movie. Like being an yeah. arrogant jerk, he pulls it off so well. Just like in Ghostbuster, the um, uh, Walter Peck, the guy that plays Walter Peck, he plays plays the evil or the, like the the bad guy that you just hate. He plays that so well. Bill Murray can play the arrogant, um, you know, obnoxious, egotistical guy so well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He probably does have some of that in him. Remember how we how we talked about during the Ghostbuster movie, where they were really it was up in the air whether or not Bill Murray would actually show up for work. You know, he might be the kind of guy that feels like, eh, if I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. If I don't like you, I'm going to tell you. Maybe that kind of stuff is part of him. Maybe not the outright arrogance and naming people or giving you know calling people names and stuff, but that that is a little part of him. I think for most people, if you could uh, fake it and lie and act. For you know, acting sake and be somebody completely different. You have a little bit of that inside you, I think. I would agree. 
And I do also look at this movie as being, well, it is a Harold Ramis movie. He was part of the, I, no, he wasn't, there's somebody else that wrote it, but Harold Ramis helped, you know, with the screenplay and directed it. Um, Harold Ramis is just, uh, he, I think he was, uh, he was, cause he's passed on now, but a uh, brilliant comedian, very, very mm-hmm. funny, very good storyteller because the stories that he tells with other, you know, actors like Dan Aykroyd and all that sort of stuff, they're good stories. They help you draw along. And so it, this one, in my opinion, really highlights his ability to tell stories and be very, very funny along the way. And so it, it was great having them two again. You know, I think the first time I remember them together was in Stripes. Do you remember Stripes? Absolutely, I do. Yes. Yep. Yeah, so that's a fun movie where they're basically going to the military and they work together and they eventually come out and they actually go on a mission and all that sort of stuff. And it's all, it's just a, 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 not really slapstick, but it's just a fun comedy of two, two funny guys that, you know, they, they do really funny. We will, as us watching, you know, it's funny the things that they do. Um, and so you have John Candy mud wrestling in it. <laughs> you sure do. Mm-hmm. And so it's great watching their, they, them, both uh, Harold Ramis and Bill Murray, go through the process of you know from Stripes to you know uh, Ghostbusters and then Groundhog Day and, and so on. And another movie that I know I don't remember if Harold Ramis was a part of it, but one thing I really want to do eventually is What About Bob? Have you ever seen What About Bob? I have, and I do. Everybody seems to love it, and I watched it one time and didn't care for it, but. This is probably when it came back out or came out back in 19, whatever, whatever it was. So, so I, I don't know what it's like now. Yeah, I personally want to do it. But here's the thought. If we do it, I could perceive you giving it a negative score. And the reason why is because it's you as the viewer get beat down so much because Bill Murray's character is hilariously obnoxious, hilariously mm. annoying. And you, Sky, would actually put yourself in the place of uh, the doctor. That's like, oh, you know, trying to help him Richard out. Richard Dreyfus, right? Richard Dreyfus's character. You'd be putting yourself like, I can't stand this guy. I can see yeah. you doing that. But if you don't do that, if you put yourself in a perspective as not, not as Richard Dreyfus, but as somebody who's just really trying to appreciate how comedically brilliant uh, Bill Murray is, you're just like, dude, you have Groundhog Day where, and Ghostbusters where Bill Murray's absolutely arrogant and egotistical and all that to what about Bob where it's completely opposite. Like he's literally not that and mm-hmm. how amazing Bill Murray did it. And you just, just try to suspend that uh, like anxiousness. Like, oh, I want to just want to kill that guy just like Richard Dreyfus does. who literally tries to kill him. So yeah, Bill Murray, he's very versatile. Now I would say... There are some Bill Murray movies that I will never watch. Any <laughs> drama movie that Bill Murray is in, I just really, I just literally, I just made a finger like I'm like I'm shooting myself. I literally do not, will never watch any drama by Bill Murray again. The only ones yeah. where he's a comedian and he's funny, that's the only ones I will ever watch again because I've been tricked before by Bill Murray. There was one he was in Japan with, What's her name? Uh, Black Widow Lady. I was like, this is the worst movie I have ever seen. And then he comes out with another one that's a drama. This now is the worst movie. And so I never watch any Bill Murray dramas anymore. What about you? Uh, I don't watch them either. Uh, I, I did watch the the Dead Don't Die. And like I told you, I, I told you not to watch it because... No, wait, you walked out of the theater. I stayed all the way through, which was a terrible choice on my part, uh, staying through. But yes, I agree with you. Like Life Aquatic... Steve Zizzo or whatever that was. And 
uh, Rushmore. There's a few other ones that I just can't get into. You know, it maybe it's just that style of drama, dry comedy. I just don't like in general too. I don't think it's Bill Murray's fault, you know. Well, all of them, like like the dry comedy, those ones, like Rushmore and uh, Steve Zissou, um, those ones are a dry comedy. But the one where he was with what's her name in um, Japan, Scarlett Johansson, oh, that's my, just drama. Oh my goodness, it was yeah. crap. It was so horrible. Even the story was bad. But him in it, it's just like put anybody, literally anybody else. They would do a much better job than Bill Murray. Hmm. So, um, but yeah, you're right. Like the the most recent one with the uh, the zombie one with Bill Murray. I'm like, oh my goodness, I want to kill myself. It's that bad. Yeah. It's like I'm in Groundhog Day doing it over again. Like I'm going to give Bill Murray a chance in this drama. I'm going to give him another chance and then another chance and then another chance. And I'm realizing I'm doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. It's not going right. to So it's I've insanity. Never, <laughs> it is. But when you got something like... um Zombieland, fun, mm-hmm. really fun. Bill Murray's fantastic in it, and you're like, yes, this is his forte. Uh huh, for sure. Yeah. So you you you've hit the nail on the head. Stick with those uh, just straight up comedy movies like these ones here. Well, this one's kind of like not dry, but this this is kind of a, like a subtle, like a romantic comedy is what I would consider this one. You know, with a little bit of time travel element in it so, in it as well. And now you had mentioned uh, uh, Harold Ramis, of course. Originally, his idea for making this movie was that it took place over 10,000 years. Like he was stuck in on Groundhog's Day for 10,000 years. But later on, he amended it to say that Bill Murray or his character was probably in there for roughly 10 years is what he meant to say, you know. But I mean, you can imagine if you were stuck in the same day for 10,000 years, one year would be bad enough. 10 years, pretty darn bad. 10,000 years. No wonder he was so um, uh, uh, depressed and angry and willing to kill himself over and over again. But, you know, that led to my very first lesson because he was having such a bad attitude. He eventually. uh, I can't remember exactly how, but Rita sat down and talked with him, you know, and my, my very first lesson is uh, attitude is everything, right? She said to him, depends on how you look at it. And that kind of like sparked something in him. And he decided to change his ways instead of looking at this as a, uh, as like a, you know, being in hell, being trapped in hell forever. He looked at it and now is his opportunity to help other people to grow himself, right? He started to take uh, piano lessons. He found the homeless guy. He saves the kid every single day. I mean, there's so many things he did now. Uh, because he looked at it from a different perspective. So I think that's that's a really good life lesson. That's like my number one lesson I took from this movie here. Yeah, that's a great lesson. I, I think that ties into one of my lessons. It, it really comes down to the end goal or what happens at the very end of the movie. And that's the number one lesson I took away is that it's better to serve people. It's better to help people. It's better to um, be there for other people. If you're just only concerned of yourself, literally it's a, like it, it's a, not just a small world, like it's just tiny, like there, it's only you in there and there's nobody else that really wants to be around you. And that's a horrible, horrible way to live. Whereas at the very end, people were spending thousands, almost thousands of dollars or, you know, a couple hundred dollars on just trying to be with, you know, spending time with him and uh, in that auction thing, which was really, really fun. And so, yeah, absolutely having that lesson of what's the end goal, you know, what is what is, how, how do we eventually, and here's a big question you, you might either have thought about, or you probably should think about is what would you like written on your tombstone when you die? That's the big question. Like that's what people are going to remember you as like, this guy was a jerk. Do you want to be remembered as that? No, absolutely not. And so I think for me, if I'm going to look at my tombstone and what I would want that to be written out, number one, it says, love God. 
loved his wife, loved his children and loved others. That's for me, that's it. That If I get those things written down and I do those things in my life to have that stuff be said about me on my tombstone, I will have lived a great life. What about you? What do you think? Uh, on my tombstone. Yeah. Um, number one husband and father. And then everybody at the funeral agrees when they see that. That's all I want right there. Like the, like the little number symbol. Yeah. Number number one. one. No, 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 not the number one. Um, the big hand, the big foam finger (laughs) with a one on it. That's what I want on my tombstone. Number one, husband and father in wings. Is what I want. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And so that, when it comes down to this movie, we're seeing so many great things that Bill Murray does comedically, like being an actor. Um, you see him and I can't, but the, the end, you see the transformation. And that's what is great about movies and storytelling. You see the transformation. But I want to quickly think about, because I never knew, knew what the total time was, like if it was at one year. Was it 10 days? Well, like how it seemed like it was probably like a year ish, but if it was 10,000 years, oh my goodness. How like, and you can't leave that town, uh, or at least it seems like you can't leave that town. Um, it's just like, wow. But I can see, okay, 10 years living that same day over and over again, I would be amazing at certain things. Like I would just, you know, keep playing the piano or, and, what I loved was when he was walking down the diner, out through the diner with Rita and saying, you know, you know, I am a God. I'm not the God. I'm a God. And, you know, maybe there isn't a God. Maybe the, he's just been around long enough. He just knows everything. I'm like, that's pretty interesting. But when you thought of, you know, with Harry Raymond says 10,000 years, I'm like, how in the world did that play out? But in the movie, we never hear exactly how long, because he he's not counting, it seems like, but like, yeah. I don't know how they would play that out, but it does show like it's been a very, very long time. Yeah, for sure. And that's what led to such tremendous growth, right, within him. Like, if it was just a year, probably not grow as much. Definitely not become such a good piano player, right? But you can imagine he started off knowing nothing and then playing just totally with the jazz band and everything at the end. That's got to be years in itself, right, while he was learning that. So easily 10 years at a minimum right there for him. And I agree with you. I would do the same thing. Like, my goal would be just to be 1% better every day, do something to grow myself. At first, I mean... I would be freaking out. Like, how do I get out of this? What can I do? Do I, how can I escape? You know, I would try to stay up till 6am every single day. You know, I mean, just try everything to escape. You could see that, but eventually hopefully sanity would take over. You just realize, geez, this is my lot in life. I'm stuck here. No way to get out. Let's make the best of it. So when you hear that song, I've got you, babe, does this movie ring? Like, does it immediately jump to the forefront of your brain? It doesn't. Does it for you? Absolutely. Every hmm. As soon as I hear that song, I immediately go, because it's played over and over and over again. It is, yeah. And that clock, that clock, that is, that, that's, that's like his thing that reminds him your day starting over and your day is going to, like, it, you're never getting out of this. So um, just hear that click and don't let them tell your hair's too long. All that, sort of, that, that whole song, it absolutely brings my brain to this movie and it's enjoyable because I have so much fun watching it. There's so many one-liners. Do you remember, do you have any one-liner that Bill Murray says inside this movie that you really like? Uh, there's, there's quite a few. I didn't really pick them out and write them down and think about them. Uh, I'm sure as you, as you tell me some, I'll remember them all though. 
Yeah, like, I mean, there's there literally everything he says. It just seems like he makes it up on the fly. But obviously, a lot of it's scripted. There's some mm-hmm. great ones, but one scene I'm going to talk about. My favorite scene is when, and this was in the part two or like the Jeep commercial. It shows him stealing the groundhog and then taking that old beat up car in the old in the, the regular version, the movie version, old beat up car and driving. And he's driving with the groundhog, and he goes, "All right, don't drive angry. Don't drive angry." And yeah. I literally say that. In when I'm driving with my kids, I'm like, don't drive angry for whatever reason. Like it'll just come to my brain. I'll say something like that, or I'll be driving. I'll be like, and if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll be like, side of your eye, side of your eye, side <laughs> of your right. eye. <laughs> I do yep. that sort of stuff, and so I would say because I really enjoy the entire movie, so it's hard to pick a favorite scene. But my brain, if I think about, I think about the clock clicking, but that's not my, my favorite scene. When I think hear that song, that. My brain goes to it. My favorite scene is him literally driving the Jeep or not Jeep, the the truck driving all around. That's why when I watch the Jeep commercial, I'm like, brilliant, because that's what I remember is him driving with the groundhog and then driving off the cliff. And then you have um, uh, Larry. What was uh, Chris? Chris uh, Elliott. Chris Elliott. Brilliant. I love him as an actor. He is fantastic. I wish he was in more movies or at least, you know, he's still around. Do you remember that TV show that he had? Yeah. Uh, Get a Life. Get a life. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was get a life. Yeah. He, he was a new 30 year old paper boy. Yes. He was. Remember yep. you and I had paper routes too. Yep. Yeah. But we weren't 30. We, we weren't 30. I swear. Everybody we were 13. <laughs> yeah. We were 13 years old, but Chris right. Elliott is hilarious. He, the way I think the, the comic comedic um, interplay between those two are really, really fun. They didn't have a ton of scenes together, but they're very, very fun together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as you go, you, you Bill Murray or Phil drives off the cliff with the truck and kills himself. And Larry's looking down or Chris Elliott's looking down and says, ah, he might be okay. And then it blows up. He's all, <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> it's gone. Yep. But good. Stuff. So from there with all the other one liners, um, there's so many in there. And for me, like every single time I watch it, like those one liners, like when he gets out of bed and he's all, Nice going, guys, playing yesterday's tape. <laughs> like, and everybody's chap lips. And it's just, those things just keep going in my brain. I could just do it over and over again. But um, as I, like, you know that for some reason, things that are said in the movies stick in my brain. And mm-hmm. this is another one that just, just so many stick in my brain. But yeah, yeah let's, let's move on. I, I really, really enjoy that process. What did you think about, I never saw Annie McDowell before in this movie. I don't recall seeing her. Do you remember her? Before this? Uh, before this, I don't remember. I'm sure we've seen her here and there. I don't remember. But I do like her, definitely. She does a great job as Rita. Really, like, nice, sweet woman, for sure. And uh, I can see how initially she was, like, standoffish towards Phil. She would smile at him occasionally when he was telling jokes on the camera and stuff, right? Eventually, she really warms up to him, especially when she sees what kind of a good guy he is, right? Like, you can imagine she's the kind of person that's maybe been burned by celebrities in the past. I mean, a weatherman is a little bit of a celebrity, right? So maybe maybe not burned by them, but she sees how maybe stuck up and how arrogant they can be. So she kind of, even though she works in that world, she would never date one. And and so so I like her standoffish, standoffishness at first, which turns to, I guess, interest. And she ends up spending 382 bucks and 45 cents or whatever on him uh, during the during the auction. It was pretty cool. She did a great job in this role. Like you really felt like what Bill, Mur- Bill Murray or Phil's character says at the very end, she's the most thoughtful, the most kind, the most everything. She played that. Like you felt like, yeah, she absolutely is. Um, one one part in the, the movie that is probably, 
next to the driving scene where he's driving in the car with the groundhog that I remember the most. And this is the quotes that I remember is him sitting on like a, a bench and he's sitting in like a, a, a trench coat and he just sitting there looking around and he, he just says gust of wind dog barks. Oh yeah. Cue the truck. Uh huh. Exit Felix exit Herman with a not so bright look on your face. Come on, Doris. Fix your bra, honey. <laughs> it's like the, the whole, and again, it, that is just, it's, it's so much fun. Why? Cause he's literally talking about, oh, I, me and my uh, friends, like, you know, you might, my friend, my, my friend, Joe, uh, he, he loves that movie too. So we'll say that sort of stuff. Um, his brother, Nate, he and I, we also say that stuff, but you know, he steals the bag and he goes, Hey Felix, did I bring out two bags? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> and it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome. And we find that that's how he has money so he can spend and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. I could just keep talking about the movie, but yeah. let's move on. Let's go to your, let's go to your second lesson. Well, before that, because you just now mentioned the scene that uh, plays into my Monday morning quarterback. And that is don't hire a couple old doddering guys to be your security or your armored car guards, right? Just not a good idea. You want young, strong, strapping guys that can pay attention, clear eyes, you know, <laughs> that's a good, that have, Clear memory that can think. Yeah. No, I brought two. Not like, uh, did I bring two? <laughs> yep. My For Monday sure. morning quarterback is, and we didn't see this in the movie, but we know he's stuck inside of Punxsutawney, right? Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, whatever force is causing him to stay and live that that same day over and over again. So the first thought was my Monday morning quarterback was. Hey, I have an option. You know, like the the state trooper says, "Hey, you got a choice. You could go back to Punxsutawney, or you can go out and freeze." And he's all, "Uh, uh I'm thinking." <laughs> he's like, <laughs> but next time, choose. Let's just go. Let's just drive. I don't care if Larry and Rita die with me because I know I'm just going to start all over again. Choose that one. That was my first Monday morning quarterback. Let's see how we can get out of or how we can do that. But then I thought even more so. As soon as you wake up, screw doing the groundhog because it's still light outside. It's still no blizzard yet. As soon as you wake up at 6 a.m., get in that car and just steal it and drive out and see what happens after that. You might go back and wake up there. We don't know because he didn't actually do that. But that would be my Monday morning quarterback is as soon as I wake up, try to drive out. That makes sense. That's a good thing. Good thing to do when you're stuck there for 10,000 years. Right? You gotta it's, try it's a, it's everything. I mean, he yep, says to Rita right. that he's killed himself so many times that he can't even remember. Like, yeah. man, that's just nuts. Imagine killing yourself the one time, let alone the thousands of times. The first time dying, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man. But then again, I think the first time, if I remember correctly, it was him driving off the cliff. That was the first it, one. It seems like that was it, at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Cool. So, uh, oh, uh, you asked what my second lesson was. It's, um, let's see here. Oh, be aware how, uh, be aware of how others view you, right? At one point, I mean, everybody obviously thinks he's a stuck up jerk. When everybody, just like you were saying earlier, right? Like you should do good in this life by helping others, being a kind person. When you're not a helpful person, when you're not kind to others, no one's going to want to do anything nice for you, right? If everybody views you as a jerk, you the way they view you is your own fault, right? Nobody sees that guy's a jerk and he's not a jerk. That that doesn't happen, right? Not Never happens that way at all. So if they think you're a jerk, if they think you're stuck up, it's because you are and you need to change your ways. You need to change your attitude to get on the right side of all the people around you because those are the ones, when the crap hits the fan, they're the ones that have uh, the potential of helping you if you ever need any kind of help. And 
it takes a lot to get to that point where you realize and you you think outside yourself because usually the arrogant egotistical people don't even care that other people think that it's yeah. realizing that man people think that because more than likely Phil's character was walking around thinking everybody absolutely loved him when they completely hated him because he's so arrogant, so egotistical, so egocentric that he's like and self-centered that he literally thinks that this the the way that that person looks at me, even though they're looking at him with detest and like arrogance, like that person's horrible. He's like, that's that's love. It's admiration. It's respect. And so you need to get past that and start become, yeah, be a little different. Now, um, one thing that I do say a lot when I, okay, so now I'm thinking about the quotes before I get to my second lesson. Um, now that I've quit my job, I literally don't need a job. I have rental properties. I have online businesses. I have businesses where I make money, where I will never need to work a job again. And I'll, I'm telling my kids, don't go to college. There are so many other ways to make money. In fact, I'm going to blow up my diploma and I'm going to hopefully start a, start a, uh, um, a, I don't know, movement to get rid of the diploma and say, I don't need college. Anyways, hashtag diploma blow. There, you- <laughs> there we go. No, maybe not that. Maybe not that. <laughs> so what I realized was when I was watching this movie, you see have Rita and Phil. Phil's trying to figure, you know, figure out everything about her and she's all, oh, yuck, white chocolate. And he's all, no white chocolate, no fudge. Okay, <laughs> he's making a list. But in that scene, you hear her talk about what she did at college. And she says, I studied 19th century French poetry. And Phil, without hesitation, went, what a waste of time. I literally think that, and I've said that before, just because this movie, when somebody says something like, I've heard, I can't even remember what they are, but so off the wall, like 19th century French poetry, like, why would you major in or major or like whatever like why would you even go study that that's not going to help you get anything yeah. read a book anyways i've literally said that to people and they're kind of like you're they're taking it back i'm just like i'm just joking that's from a movie groundhog day um but but i totally thing. believe it <laughs> exactly <laughs> but i told yeah what a waste of time <laughs> yeah you know adam carolla you know i listen to his podcast and stuff he said his mom chris carolla in college back in the 70s uh she studied chicano history <laughs> wow or chicano studies or whatever it was her major was chicano studies what what are you going to do you're just you're basically just going to school to learn about something to become a professor and teach other people that same thing that that's, same exact thing that's all you're doing right there that is that's all mm-hmm. you're going to be doing. oh it's sad okay yeah so my second lesson is as you're watching the movie you see all the people before Phil changes to be a good person by helping people. You see him and how he interacts with people. And my second lesson is everyone hates self-centered people. Like if you come across somebody who's self-centered, their personality feels like it, or it feels like, at least to me, like I'm being punched in the face by their personality over and over again, just by how arrogant they are. And I can tell because I am completely arrogant. I'm completely prideful, but I try to pull that back. I, over the years I've grown and at least tried my best to grow and grow and grow. So I put other people first, kind of like Bill Murray or, you know, Phil's character. And so because I'm so prideful and arrogant, I can see it. Like, it's like punching me in the face in every single person. And I'm like, Oh man, that's how somebody acts. I, I, I might do that. I better stop if I do it. So everybody hates self-centered people. For sure they do. 100%. You're right about that. Um, and that kind of ties into my third lesson. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. 
that kind of tied in. Uh, no, my bad. Didn't tie into my list. Third lesson. I had a fourth lesson, but since you just now said that, I'll leave my fourth lesson off. But my third lesson is try to be in the moment and you'll enjoy life a bit more. Now, Bill Murray was throughout Groundhog's Day. He was totally uh, just unhappy with the spot he was in, right? He didn't accept his position being stuck in the same day over and over again. Eventually he changed his attitude and he decided to, you know, I'm going to make the best of this. Well, you could kind of see in the way he was acting when he decided to start make the best of it, he was actually talking and listening to other people and finding out their stories and being in the moment and sharing things with them, right? Like uh, when he helped the two married couple give them the WrestleMania tickets. Oh, did you realize, do you know who that, the married the 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 groom is of that married couple or no, fiance couple no. michael shannon uh i don't know who that is uh this is probably one of his first roles he's an actor he played zod in the latest uh uh, Superman movie. He was the literary son in Knives Out, the, wow. the publishing that. arm. That's Michael Shannon. You've seen him in lots of other movies and small parts and stuff. But this was like probably one of his first roles. He looked like an 18-year-old fresh-faced wow. kid. Wow. No, I had no idea, but I know who you're talking about now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool. And then so that just, it just goes to show when you're in the moment, when you're paying attention to those around you, your situation around you, when you're taking part in things, that's when life is much more enjoyable. And you can see that at the end, that final day, like you said, your favorite scene was driving with the groundhog. My f- favorite scene, and it's a long scene, is just the final day when he's doing good thing after good thing. Everything is working. He saves the kid. He saves the mayor from choking, uh, makes friends with Rita, of course. I mean, everything good happens that day. And that's because he was fully in it to win it and just uh, being a good person, you know? In it to win it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. The the whole last scene is, or the whole last storytelling of that last day is so much fun. They did a great job um, where Bill Murray or Phil says, I got to go run some errands. Like, you're like, I'll hold off. You know, can I get a rain check on the coffee with Rita? Um, which his former self be like, yes, let's jump. You know, like when he was trying to sleep with her, let's jump right. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. No, but he's like, oh, you know, I got some errands. Can I catch up with you? She's all, what? Errands? Like, so that whole scene is really entertaining. And the reason why is because you see that transformation. I just love movies that have transformations, actually stories that have transformations really hopefully help us to engage. Now, my third lesson is that I'll, I'll preface it by, I would really like my kids to be able to play the um, musical instrument and be really, really good. So what I'm going to, I want them to learn how to play the piano. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to become a piano mover so that they can become great piano players. That's right. That's right. You just learn through osmosis, just being around pianos, hanging out with somebody who hangs out with pianos all day. <laughs> it's totally good. And, uh, that, that one, that line is like, we're thinking about quotes of the movie. It's so hilarious where the lady is like, are you, did you, are you sure that this is your first time? He's all, well, my father was a piano mover. So, <laughs> yeah. oh, perfect right there. Love that line for sure, for sure. Um, let me see here. Oh, let me guess. Your prop is the clock. Wow, you know me so well. Yes, absolutely. It's the clock because you're going to remember that. And I had to buy like at least like 15 of those. You're doing it over and over again. Yes, but it's the clock. Gotcha. For me, hopefully it uh, it wasn't actually made out of ice. I would like Rita's frozen face prop right there that wow. he sculpts at the end in the park. You know, I think that would be pretty cool to have. Yeah, I would never have thought of that. I, it could, the other runner up was a toaster. I probably could have grabbed it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Huh? Dropping in the tub on him. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, but I mean, in all, it's such a fun, fun movie. So what was your grade? 
Uh, oh, A, and you said A, a plus a earlier, plus. right? Got it. Yes. Cool beans, cool beans. So, uh, Dust, this movie, oh, but before we go on to discuss next week's movie, what, uh, do you have anything last, uh, last minute things about this one? No, no, there are so many. I mean, I could just really go through every single scene and talk about how much I love every single scene and how it how it played out. I don't remember at any point for me where I got bored because it's just showing the transformation of Bill Murray. The only one is the very, very first day where he starts to where they like leave and they drive out and they get stuck in the blizzard and they have to turn around. That is that's where I nodded off. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. I could see that because that's because that, that helps happening and you know, yeah. they're going to get trapped there anyway. It's just, yeah, yeah, it sets up the rest of the movie, but that's the part where it kind of, again, kind of slodges down. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, I love this movie. Cool. Good, good. So do I. So does this, of course, was your choice because you're such a big fan of it. Next week, I want to learn from a movie that blew my socks off the first time I saw it. Uh, I had no idea. I never even heard about it hitting the theaters. Later on, it came out on the red box. I rented it and watched it and absolutely fell in love with it. It's Kingsman, the Secret Service. Kingsman. I, too, remember that movie watching it and be like, wow, this, because we've seen plenty of 007 movies or you know spy movies this was rather fun because i and you have mentioned and i think it was with john wick you know like the the underworld not underworld that's not the right way to say it your normal world but there are some things that we don't normally see and john wick is a great explanation or you know way to share that same thing with kingsman like a whole society or a whole group of people that is in plain sight we should be able to see it but we don't so i'm all for it let's do kingsman Cool beans, man. I am looking forward to that one. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for watching this video or listening. If you're listening to the podcast, we appreciate your eyeballs and your ears. If you want to share with us your own life lessons, your money, money quarterback, the prop that you would take away from Groundhog Day, just go to the show notes page, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 91, and then leave a comment right there. All righty. Once again, my name was Sky. And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with Kingsman, the Secret Service. <laughs>